I mean, I, I think the most disheartening thing for me about the church is that it's, it's when you look at it now, it's like really the question that's being asked, it's not phrased this way because people would say it's too crass, but it's like, what's good for business? And I think that's the part for me mm. that I really struggle with mm. is it doesn't, it's not good for any business to release anything that says we were wrong <laughs> or, hey, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> Um, because now all of a sudden you're not the, you're not the well that people are coming to. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that harms a lot of people mm. when we sort of treat it like a business. Who is like you? You give my eyes the light to see. You give my lips the words to It's hard, isn't it? Being honest. Um. It really is. I know one of the rarest forms of honesty is in music. Music has an ability to take you away to a place that you didn't know that you were heading to. And it has an ability to hold you in ways that you didn't know that you needed to be held. It'll piss you off and it'll make you feel so, so good. And that is why I like talking with musicians. So my guest today uh, let me back up, by the way. This is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. I got really excited. I'm Seth, your host. And uh, the guest today is Zach Bolin, who is the front man of the band Citizens. He has a big, big story uh, that we didn't really dive into here because that's been done on a lot of other shows. But he has a big story. Uh, it's related to Mars Hill, Mark Driscoll, yada, yada, yada. That's not what I was interested in, though. So I had Zach on. We talk a lot about the church and doubt and faith, and heaven and hell and what God is, and I really enjoyed it. Mixed into this episode is some of the music of Citizens, some of their most recent music, and so it's been a while since I put new music on the show, mostly because of time. For those of you that have been longtime listeners, you will see that I have slowed down. There are a lot of reasons for that. Most of it is just life and Oh, there's just a lot going on, right, for all of us. But I am rambling and digressing, and so I would rather not do that anymore. Let's dive right into the episode here with Zach Bowen. Zach Bolin, welcome to the show. Um, I meant to tell you, I don't know how to edit video, so I'm not going to. And I already hit record, so that's in it. Um, I will. Oh, I take my shirt off. Anything. It's, it's whatever. Just whatever okay. it takes to get people to listen to what you're saying, um, or or just you know to support you. That would we'll do what Great. you feel like you need cool. to do. Um, whatever right. you and your family are comfortable with. I will keep. I will stay fully clothed. Um, <laughs> So uh, anyway, so when people, um, when people say, Hey, what is a Zach Bolin? Like, mm. what is that? What is a Zach Bolin? Uh, well, if you're an Enneagram person, I am, I am an eight, which I, I've learned to wear with pride because a lot of people have had terrible eight experiences and I'm trying to maybe uh, show that it doesn't always have to be 
uh, bad experiences with eights. Um, everybody has a good side. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because of how I grew up. Um, I think my eightness was formed a lot by, uh, I lost my dad when I was six. Uh, and that kind of put in me sort of this can't trust anybody sort of mentality. Uh, it's really honestly that losing my dad is kind of what led me to faith a little bit, but it was more about, uh, it was more of a thing. Um, I just wanted to be with my dad. So Jesus, God, all of that was just my way to get to him. Yeah. So that kind of messed me up for a lot of years, but, um, needless to say, uh, that has sort of shaped so much of my life and it's what made me want to do music because I found music as a really helpful way. I didn't realize it, realize it at the time, but as time went on, it was a really cathartic and helpful way to process through that loss and not just like the, like the loss of my dad, but sort of the things that were, would never, I'd never experience right. Mm. As a son. Um, and I keep writing about all that. It keeps influence. It's still a part of so much of what I write. And so anyway, uh, and then, you know, over the years played in bands, did music, wrote songs, but that's always been a huge part of my life is writing music. And honestly, as weird as it is, I'm, I mean, I, pretty much just write about I write a lot about faith probably more from this perspective of struggling in it Mm. and I write a lot about love and relationships and all that kind of stuff too so I just kind of camp out in those two areas and that's worked out all right for me (laughs) so yeah that's um so when it comes to writing music uh, something you said there piqued my interest and so is it playing the music that you find is like therapeutic and cathartic or is it writing the lyrics because i feel like those are two different muscles okay it is probably more the writing side but it also is very like i am if i don't feel emotionally connected to something mm-hmm. and music really helps me get there a lot of times i i i, I find myself especially even you know as the years go on, you do, you write with other people. And I've been in situations where sometimes it can be, if it doesn't feel like it's saying something, uh, that can be really hard for me. But then if musically it doesn't move me, mm-hmm. I don't care what, what it's saying. It, it's like, it, we might as well just be talking. And I just think music is such a, uh, it's such an interesting process. Um, and so I don't know, I guess sometimes I'm more or less trying to make myself cry <laughs> and I don't really cry a whole lot ever. So, so it's you're like, not successful right, then you make, I'm you're trying to make yourself cry and then you don't cry. I haven't written anything that made me cry. No, that seems that's, frustrating. That's not really <laughs> I'm trying to get those tears back. Um, but yeah, I do, I do really value what something is saying, but I would say this too. I, it can also be, um, it can it can trip me up sometimes too, because I'll get too lost in the weeds and mm. kind of lose some of just the emotion that's there and what it, something's trying to convey. Mm. And I feel like two songs, faith songs, songs in the church, especially I get, I find myself getting more and more bummed out a little bit on a lot of it. And even for myself, because I'm realizing that so much of it is um, it's either like saying everything, trying to say everything in one song <laughs> 
or not really saying anything at all. You and, are, uh, or the songs or I, I feel like that we already songs, sing in other churches. A lot churches. of songs that are being sung are kind of like that, you know. Okay. Um, I, I'm not saying it's exclusively that, but mm-hmm. I do think that there's not a lot in the middle there. Um, and so, and I fi- I've I've been I've written on either side of that, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to find my way through all that personally right now too. Yeah, yeah. So you've had a lot come out on the internet about a lot of that, um, some of your personal story with faith. And we don't have to rehash a lot of that, but I do have a question about some of it. And it will lead me into my first question. So one of the things that, I, so I also play music at my church. I, I play the guitar mostly, but I can fake other things as long as I just have to hit the main stuff. Like I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm, with you. I'm not gonna play, but I'll, right. you'll think that I am, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not playing. Um, yeah, mostly the guitar, I can do whatever you want me to do with it. Um, and so I personally, just myself, um, and I think I've said this on the show a few times, though I've never really broken my story apart, crazy amount, um, went to Liberty after growing up, uh, in an independent regular Baptist church, which is like Southern Baptists are not quite conservative enough. Like we're going to need to lean in more, lean in more in Western Texas. And then got out of school and I was like, y'all lied to me. Like, this is mm-hmm. not a faith. This is something else. I This is, I'm not, can't do it. Um, and I know some of our circles would have overlapped. Actually, it sounds like they already did with some of the people that you know that I also know, yep. Um, yep. which is fun. Um, but like, like, so you have a past history with Mars Hill, um, yep. which for those listening, that's, um, that's Mark Driscoll. And so I think some people now they know that name and they don't know what Mars Hell is unless they listen to other things on the internet. But like your faith yeah. overall just seems from as I've listened to your music and I don't remember, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong here. The website didn't it used to be, we are citizens. It did. Yeah. It kinda, so it still is that it still is technically we are citizens. I think we are so citizens. Back in the day, probably like four years ago, one of you responded to me and actually allowed me to use your music in an episode. I don't remember because it's actually the the, the website address, like the person that responded to me is named People. So I don't know who that is. Um, it may be you. I don't know. Um, People might have been me. It might have been me. Yeah. So. so it wasn't signed by anyone. It's just, sure. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. Um, yeah. That was when I put a lot more effort into finding lyrics that fit the topic. And yeah. I don't know what episode that was. I could figure it out and send it to you later if you're curious, but I, I can't remember. But it would have been four yeah. years ago, and I've lost a lot of sleep and a lot of hair since then. Yeah. Um, but yeah. my, I say all that to say, my personal faith has changed like exponentially. Um, and I use that term intentionally, being that I like math and numbers. Like exponentially is the, like not a lot, like exponential, I think is the right word for the change. So you say in one of your songs, in your most recent EP, um, in, which is uh, the song is everything and more. So in verse two, so that song overall seems to be about um, being honest with yourself about faith in God. At least that's what I hear in it, and that's how music works. So that I get to be right. You can yep. say it's about something else, but I, you know, yep. I feel like that's how that. music works. So yep. um, is that hopefully that is what it's about? Is it is mm-hmm. that what it's about? Yep. Perfect. Yep. So see, I was listening. So you actually say the words in verse two. What a thrill letting go to admit that we don't know. And then you go on to break that out apart. But I'm curious about that word thrill, because when I heard it, I rewound it and listened to it again. I was like, that's not how I felt, though that is how I feel, I think, now. Like looking back after 10 years of, mm-hmm. oh, that was awful. That was horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But thrill is a really weird word choice for me um, mm-hmm. when I think about changing my views on the divine. yeah, Can you break that open a bit? Yeah, I mean, I think 
it's interesting because you're right. I don't know that I would use that word all the time, but on that particular day I did. And I still feel this. And I think a lot of that was because, and still is for me, so much of my understanding of who God is and or how I understood God to be, I, I just have over the past probably eight or nine years realized that so much of that was just informed by what someone told me. Mm. And it turned out that a lot of the people that gave me this framework for who God is, they either had like a significant fall or as time went on, I just grew to not really, I don't know, believe them <laughs> as much. And that became really challenging for me because then I had to ask the question, well, what do I believe? Mm. And of course I did what a lot of people in my, in my case have done. Sounds like you too, where I, I maybe not exactly, but you know, you, you sort of are just going on with your way and then all of a sudden something happens and now you're asking these questions and you're sort of like teetering a little bit like, Oh my gosh, mm. is all this just made up? Why? Yeah. Is it all made up? <laughs> yeah. And you, and then you kind of, you go back like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And you sort of have to convince yourself that, you know, whatever you got to convince yourself that the things you were believing, all that kind of stuff are, yeah. are right. And then, uh, I don't know. I remember for me, there was a particular point. Uh, it was after Mars Hill, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was because of Mars Hill. I think Mars Hill certainly aided in it, but there was other things going on. And I remember really feeling like, I don't know if I believe it all anymore. Mm. Like I, I just, I, this is the first time. And that felt scary. I remember telling my wife that really freaked her out too. And, um, mm. and, but what's interesting is, for whatever reason, it's funny too, because we talked about Dan Koch earlier. He's a good friend of mine. We went to church together right after I left Mars Hill. Really? We, went, we were at the same church together. And there were people like him who would ask me interesting questions <laughs> that got me thinking. And I am really, really grateful because the church we landed at wound up being a really safe place to just ask questions and be listened to mm. with not and not being not really given a whole lot of answers, which is, I think what I needed. I needed to just be okay to sit in attention. Mm -hmm. And so when I, you know, as time moved on, I never, I never really went all I'm done all in on I'm done. I kind of just kept moving what I realized in hindsight, moving further away from where I had always been. Mm. And where that has brought me now is to this place of feeling a lot more free mm. um, in the way that I view God and the way that I view scripture, especially in the way that I view um, the church and just realizing that, man, as I deconstruct a lot of those things or dissect a lot of those things, whatever word you want to use, I'm realizing that, um, or I realize that so much of these things that, are really important um, are oftentimes just like a philosophy or a tradition or mm. an idea. Yeah. And so I found myself over the past few years, especially feeling really excited about the fact that there is something more to all this than what I had been previously privy to, if you will. Mm -hmm. Not that I wasn't privy to it. I just didn't take it upon myself to do the work. And so 
what I did over like the past three years, I've just really camped out a lot in the gospels because I had this realization that, and I think this is true that we sort of say, Oh, well, well I got yeah, Jesus figured out. That's cool. It's cool. And then we move on. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'd done the same thing. I was like, I really just want to know more of who Jesus is. And I've just tried to do that more and more reading through the gospels chronologically. And, and through that process, to be honest, I've just developed more of a love for Jesus, more of a love for and belief that we are all uh, contributing to just this work of of redeeming and making things new. And I'm excited about that more than I ever was in my life and find them as a thrill to be like, okay, when I have got to the I don't know door rather than hanging my head and being really disappointed I when I walk through it I've oftentimes discovered something better than the thing that I was even looking for and to me that's really thrilling Mm. Mm. yeah I like that that thought of a I don't know door because when you said it all I could think of is it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon where you open a door and there's another door and then you walk through that door and there's another door and then another door and then you come to a room and there's like eight doors and you open that door and you're like, well, now I'm back at the first door. Um, And I think that that's okay. I think a place to open and openly ask questions and expect that. that, Yeah. I I think you're right that um, I I feel like it was an ex pastor that I had and he one time said, if pastors were honest, I would tell you, I don't know. But oftentimes we lean into, um, I need to be certain so that you're certain because I am certain that we have bills to pay and that I have yeah. a mortgage to pay and I do need you to need me to know the answers mm. because if you were healthy, you would probably, like the church congregation should be changing over every four or five months because we should get you in a good spot and say, can you go be a Christian now? Like, can you go yeah. Can you go do that? Mm. Um, yeah. So oh, you, you said you were, <laughs> yeah, say that again. I said, I just have so many thoughts on, on what you just said. I think that's hit me on one. Yeah. So true. Well, I mean, the first one is like, it really is a, I mean, I, I think the most disheartening thing for me about the church is that it's, it's when you look at it now, it's like really the question that's being asked, it's not phrased this way. Cause people would say that's too crass, but it's like, what's good for business. And I think that's the part for me mm. that I really struggle with mm. is it doesn't, it's not good for any business to release anything that says we were wrong (laughs) or, Hey, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. Um, because now all of a sudden you're not the, you're not the well that people are coming to. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that harms a lot of people Mm. when we sort of treat it like a business. I, I remember after Mars Hill, someone gave me, and it's, uh, I grew up in Maryland, right up the street from Eugene Peterson's church. And I had go. no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> and, uh, if only you could go on, back. Oh, I would. And he, I remember in his memoir, someone sent me his memoir after I left Mars Hill. And like, you should read this. And I mean, I don't know that, that book was a friend to me in so many great ways. But I remember him talking about back in the eighties, there were these, consultants coming around to all the churches and the sort of neighborhood of Bel Air and telling all of them, Hey, uh, the church is changing and it's because we're, it's sort of adopting more of sort of the business model. And don't you want to be a church that grows and sort of kind of saying, 
you need to get people in your doors and all these benefits that can come from that. And I remember him saying, you know, when we got together, these local pastors, we get together and we all looked at each other and we knew that we were being fed a lie. Yeah. And I just think about that. Like that was in the eighties and all these years later, it seems like so much of the church has become the thing that they were saying that yeah. feels like that a lie. Yeah. And I, I just wonder what, how much different things could be if we had listened more to the Eugene Petersons of, of our day. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I struggle at times to actually figure out like, um, like, so just in a moment of honesty, so I'm on a committee right now to do like listening sessions at my church because our pastor left four or five months ago. And so we need to figure out what the church is looking for and what the church wants to be in like a decade to actually figure out who yep. should, who should be here, who should be, yep. you know, on, on, on clergy here. And, um, and like, I still, um, if any of them are listening, I'd say it to your face as well. Like, I don't know what the purpose of church is anymore outside of Sunday. Like I say that a, a bit tongue in cheek, like our church does a lot of tremendous things, but that's because we don't have a lot of debt, if any debt at all. And so we're yeah. able to do things, but I don't think most churches serve a purpose outside of a tax donation from right. what I can see from the way that community, because if churches were being churches, communities would be changed. And instead it is boys and girls. It's, um, it's other organizations that are changing communities and not the churches. And I feel like if we're following the Holy Spirit, like we should be in front of the change and leading it from the front instead of coming along after and we're like, yeah, we'll help pay for the food kitchen. Uh, you know what I mean? For the anxious heart that's fighting for some peace In Jesus' name This is the part of the show that there should be ads, right? Because we live in a capitalistic world and everything has to get paid for. But that's just not the way that I want to do it. So if you feel led, support the show on Patreon. I do absolutely need you. But if you don't, I'm not going to put any ads here because I just don't feel like it. Hopefully you do, though. The amount that you support will not change the benefits that you get. And so with that said... Let's get back to the show. For the world to know the love through sacrifice. For the church to leave the room and testify. For the streets to flow with justice, change in life. In Jesus' name. I have a question about the Gospels. So, because you know you were you were deconstructing there, so it was just the Gospel of, of Mary Magdalene and just the Gospel of Thomas, right? Like that's where you found home, just those two, because exactly, just that's how two. heretics roll, right? That's how they roll. That's all I read. I uh, I didn't read anything else. <laughs> there might be other Gospels that I'm unaware of that yeah, I can't right, think right. off the top of my head, but um, <laughs> yeah. So what then? What then does America do, in your opinion, as a musician that has also seen how the meat is made or the sausage is made or however that, that analogy goes, like what then are we to do as believers that still are going to do church of some shape or form? Mm. That is a great question. I mean, I, the biggest thing that I, okay, I'll put it like this. Um, I, I, okay. 
prior to COVID really setting in, especially like with people, um, you know, we were living in Seattle at the time. So it's probably a little bit more strict than some areas as far as like just isolation and all that kind of stuff. And um, so we weren't meeting for a long time as a church. And I remember at the time I was reading these different books and they were really helpful because it's kind of like those moments in life where you're thinking about something um, and then you read something or listen to something or a song or something like, oh my gosh, that's exactly, I've been thinking that exact thing. Like, and they're saying it and like, here's somebody that has actually studied this mm-hmm. and they're sort of confirming this idea that I had. And that, that feels a little less lonely when you get to those moments in life. Mm. And I remember having one of those moments and really feeling like this sort of excitement about, oh man, maybe this whole thing where we have to sort of not be gathering could be a really beautiful thing where we reflect and we reimagine and re, uh, we just sort of kind of aren't afraid to take everything that we do as a church put it under the microscope and really ask the question, why, mm. why is this important? Mm. And I remember finally we get back together as a church and it's not a critique of the church. Cause I think a lot of churches did this and I understand why. Um, but we get there and we have a Sunday together and we do the same thing we always did. Mm-hmm. And I was, I remember just sitting there feeling kind of like, I remember feeling discouraged by it all. Cause I was like, man, we, we just had six, seven, almost eight months of not meeting. And the best thing we could come up with was to do the same thing we did before. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I, I just, that really kind of was that sort of solidified for me that moment of why I really felt like there, there has to be some willingness to start asking the question of what things are worth maybe not doing anymore. Mm. And I think until we do that, I feel like more and more people, I mean, I, I'll be honest, most of my friends, most of my friends are struggling with the church right now. Mm. Most of my friends that are struggling with the church aren't, I would say, aren't necessarily being heard in those frustrations and struggles. And I think that in and of itself is a really big problem. But I think that what's probably going to naturally happen is and I hate that this is true, but I think enough people are just going to kind of get fed up and leave. Mm. And that usually causes change, but I hate that that's what causes change. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Um, yeah. And that's, that's our generation. Um, yeah. And I think it's because of the access that we have to other information that is not just coming from the pastor's mouth. Um, Phyllis Tickle wrote a book on like the, you know, every, Mm. you're familiar with the book or no, I'm in the author, but yeah. Yeah. So she wrote a book that says like every 500 years or so, roughly, like there's a massive shift. And so when you think about it, like um, there was 500 years, so the printing press, and then after that 500 years is the Protestant Reformation, and then 500 more years uh, is something else. And then we're now at the next 500 years, or no. So we're at the third 500 years, like 500 years ago from the Protestant Reformation was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. you, you know what I mean? If, yeah. if I feel like that's right, because I remember going to pick pumpkins that day when I, I realized I'm like, that makes sense. looking at the math. Oh, um, was, just because of the access to, yeah. Well, I mean, I can, if I want to, I can, like, I can go find some of the writers from the, the Ethiopian or, or the Syriac, like right. church fathers that were not approved at the time. And you're like, oh, 
I actually can get a lot online behind what this guy's saying about God. Why did we say he, he, she, they? Why couldn't they? Why is this not translated in English? But I can, you know, anyway, I can, I can get by. Um, you, I want to, I want to ask you a theological question because, um, you know, well, the name in the show is "Can I Say This at Church?" But it's because of a lyric that you have, and so again, I want to lean into your most recent EP, which I feel like I should have said what the name of it is already. So that's called "A Thousand Shores," and I would like to ask about like what and why that like that EP exists. Uh, I do like EPs because I feel like they're the right length of, of time. Um, mm-hmm. But in there, there's a song called Imagination. And so you talk about heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what that is for you uh, because it, it has almost two personalities in the chorus where you say head high in the clouds. I don't want to wait. Let's go right now. Heaven come down. But at the end you say you're in my imagination. So what exactly is heaven? Heaven... <laughs> I mean, I'll just go with where, how I interpret heaven. I, as someone who, I mean, I've had a fascination with it since I was six when my dad died. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been reframed and redefined for me in so many ways over the years. Um, I think where I land on it most now is that we I mean, I, I feel like there's so many brilliant writers. There's this one guy, Robert Kappen, who he has this book on, he has many amazing books, but um, this one book on the parable of the kingdom, parables of the kingdom. And he kind of talks, he makes the case with how the, ever since sort of however you choose to, to look at like the Genesis story and Jesus there, sorry, God's promise to Adam and Eve, um, the covenant, if you will, that like, that's all we've always been from that point living in this new kingdom. It was just that when Jesus came, that's when it became something that was like tangible and was like the visible representation of mm-hmm. that. So I think if that's true, if when Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is at hand, well, then we're already, we're living. If we're in, if we believe that we live in Christ, Christ is in us, then the kingdom is among us. And so I think about heaven as, as sort of this, uh, license, if you will, to dream, to hope, to believe that there is something more, Mm. uh, than what we're seeing before our eyes. Mm. And so head high in the clouds, head under the sand, I don't know which direction it is, but it's like, (laughs) it's more or less the fact that I think that our obsession with, I don't know. I heard somebody say, I read something the other day where someone even wrote like, God wants this or God's God. This is why God does this. And I just find myself just like wincing wincing at those statements now. Cause I'm again, this author, Robert Kappen, he says this great thing. He just says, well, maybe the better thing is to say like, when we read something or we say something, it's more like God wants this or whatever that means, you know, like, because at the end of the day, we don't know. Mm. And I think that that is freaks a lot of people out, which is why we sort of create these systems and these structures that sort of give us this false sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to write a song about how I just think I, I, regardless of what I don't know what it's going to be like or look like or all that, but I do live with this faith and this belief that there will be eternal peace. Mm. 
So even in the verses of the song, like, are we going to stay up all life dancing or yeah. are we going to, you know, what are we going to do? Like, I, I don't know, but I, I kind of like to think that the things that I love doing here on earth that bring me a lot of joy. And for all of us, like, I, I kind of think that there's going to be some part of that for us ahead. Yeah. Uh, wherever, whatever that, wherever that is meant to be or look like here on this earth or some other place, I don't know, but I really do believe that there's something better. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't ask what I believe, but I'll tell you. And I only say it because you and I experiences are are similar. So I did not lose my dad when I was six, but I did lose him two years ago. Two years ago Mm -hmm. on August um, August eighteenth, at about ten forty six in the morning. Anyway, sitting in the sitting in the room, and I have a decent memory, so I can can remember all that. But um, he and I often did not agree on a lot of uh, theology because he agreed with a lot of what I used to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also taught me, you should honestly not like, you shouldn't buy State Farm or eat mayonnaise because I do. You know, you should you should know why you believe what you believe, which mm. I feel is also biblical. I feel like it's in Peter or something. I'm not the yeah. best Bible Bible sword drill kind of person. Right, right, right. But here's what I think. So, um, But I, I don't like what I think because I don't know what it means for my relationship with my dad. Um, so... I think that if you and I are created in an image of a God that creates just incessantly, can't help, mm-hmm. like just have to, like I, and, and I made this, like I made this MacBook, I did not, but I, and, and it's good. I made this yeah. pen, it writes amazing, this is good. I made that child, that's yeah. good. I made this yeah. decision, and so the result of that is that's good. I mm-hmm. think that the kingdom of heaven or, or heaven at all is something that you and I are actively making right now. Yeah. And that, but that, if that's true, I don't know that that means there's anywhere that I'm going. Right. Because it's something I'm doing in partnership with you because we bear an image of God. But I don't know what that means for those from that I want to see again in my older view of heaven. And I don't know how to reconcile those two. I actually think about it quite a bit. It helps that I have like a 35-minute drive to work. So I have a lot of time to just sit in the car with no radio. But I don't, right. just being honest, Zach, like I don't know what to do with that. I also think the same thing about hell. Like I can make a decision and that creates a literal hell for you and I, because I mean, shoot, California broke record yesterday for heat. Yay. Um, But, but there was also a shooting in um, like last night or this morning. uh, I forget where it was a 19 year old teenager went on a rampage. I want to say it was Memphis. Like those decisions create a hell, not somewhere that I'm going. It's something that I'm making and we all die and suffer because of it. Like relationships die. And you know what I mean? So I've said that on other episodes, so I don't think I've ever expounded on it as much as that. But I don't know how to reconcile that. Like, just me. I don't know. Yeah, I I love. I mean, I think that that's interesting to think about. And I I I I wouldn't even. I don't know. I don't disagree with any of that because I feel I feel that in a really similar way. Yeah. I, I guess for me too, the go aspect of it, even just in the context of of that of the song, it's like the movement. I feel is that while is maybe even just more time that I will, I start young and maybe if I live long enough, I'm old (laughs) (laughs) and something, you know, like there is progress happening and I do feel that in a, in so many ways. Um, gosh, we use this language all the time. My wife and I have, we just want our, like we have, we have this cabin and this property and I think about this with our music and we just are always using the language of, we want to be a bridge. Yeah. And 
I just want, we, and the bridge is really more or less, you could even use a table, for example, but just want to be a place that's bringing people together from lots of different perspectives. Yeah. And so I think that we always are moving in some direction um, and we're doing things because the things that we're doing, and this is the part that blows my mind, is going back to the whole created in the image of God. If we actually are going to take at face value when Jesus says, he says it in John he says in the gospel of John, he says, uh, if, if I'm to be raised up, which he was, then, uh, then I'll draw all people to myself. I, I don't know how, I'll, uh, and I don't know any other way to interpret that than all people. Yeah. And I'm sure, and, and I, I mean, I've read, I mean, I don't, I feel like there's a lot of people, even scholars that wouldn't argue with that. And for that reason, I think, well, what does that mean for someone who never knows about Jesus? Like, are they as image bearers of God in some redemptive way, making, bringing heaven on earth too? (laughs) Yeah. And I I don't have an answer for that, but I do think about that. And I think in general, that's the part that gets me excited is that there is some future time and space that exists somewhere where there is this sort of aha moment where everything is going to be not, not that it will all make sense. Cause I'm sure we'll spend eternity <laughs> uh, living in just the wonder of all that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is something about the realization of like all creation, like the redemptive aspect of like God redeeming all of creation. That part for me, I just feel like that's not really something as the, church in general like especially within the evangelical church Mm -hmm. i just don't think we honestly believe that yeah even though it's it's in scripture and it's something that jesus said and i've personally witnessed it in different ways um well you know we only preach jesus at easter right the rest of the time we preach paul maybe james we're not getting into hebrews though because there's too much of what we should be doing so we're not going to talk about that yeah there's too many question marks there yeah yeah and 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 you want me to do something it's sunday and football's on in an hour i don't have time to do something so (laughs) um you had said earlier as well that someone you read someone say or you didn't like the language about um i i know what god would do here like i know what god wants or god wants this um i would say that the type of people that i've met that talk like that take a very literal view of the Bible, um, which is funny because it's not written in English and like literally there's four Greek words for love. Um, Only one of them is the kind of love that you and I have in English. The other four are like a valicious act of love that you have to intention. Anyway, that's not the topic, but God doesn't seem to know if you take a literal view of scripture, what God wants to do. Cause like, he'll be like, I'm going to kill them all. Moses be like, that's not you. Don't you remember when you said you wouldn't do that? All right, fine. I won't kill them all. Like if, if God knows what he wants to do, he seems to be awful fickle, um, which yeah. I'm aware that that feels really flippant with a divine being, but that's mm-hmm. what it says. Like he changes his mind all the, all the dang time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which just makes me laugh. So if people were going to die, so I, I do, so that was a lot of heaviness there um, for, I don't have a theology degree. I don't know if you do, but that was a lot of heaviness there. Nor do I. Um, yep. But I don't think you need one to talk about God. So I wanted to ask a question just as kind of a, let's just reset the palette. And I like to have sarcasm and jokes. And so I'm curious as to why you either have no respect for grammar um, or you don't care about grammar because 
in the in the song hide no more you say i don't want to hide no more and that just i like the way that you sing it i like the lyrics that's actually my favorite song on the ep however that's just not correct grammatically and so i'm wondering why you have such carelessness with with the english language yep and i can pinpoint for you exactly why so uh you know uh i think that the maryland accent for all the things that i i love about it it's it's one of the the craziest i think accents out there because Mm. it's pulling in jersey it's pulling in the south it's got some like the dutch pennsylvania kind of thing going on too so there's a lot of words that we say say wrong, and so I just blame it on the educational system in Maryland. <laughs> it's public education's uh, fault. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that taught me to feel comfortable saying "hide no more." So <laughs> I, I blame them. I can't take credit for that. Yeah, so and and who credit. was your who were your high school English teachers again? I'm gonna track them down in Maryland. I'm sure they're on the educational. Um, no, I'm oh man, yeah, right, right. Miss Bolander, if she's even around anymore, she, uh, it's her fault. She did. I don't it. know what she would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely her fault. Um, she should own that. Yeah, actually, if you ever like win like a Grammy or something, like if that's a thing that you win, you need to make sure that she's in there. I would also like to thank for my use yes. of the words because yes. I talk good. She taught me. She <laughs> taught me a lot of colorful language. Actually, I'll never forget that. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, she she helped me. <laughs> yeah, if you were to pick one song of all the songs that you've ever written, mm. that you were like, hey, if you want to know about me. Or whatever mm. you want people to know about, about God, about loss, about life, about love, about whatever. What's the one song that you're like, just listen to this one. If you listen to nothing else, take four minutes of your day and listen to this. Um, Doubting Doubts. Doubting Doubts. is a song from our third album. Okay. I've not listened to that, so I will listen to that today. So. Yeah, it's from our album, Amir Dimly. It's a big sort of, well, it's a big record about doubt and mm. dealing with Mm. all kinds of stuff. But that song for me, it's a pretty, it's like a, it's kind of has like an Americana vibe to it. Really big ending. And it's sort of like a, what a thrill thing. Like we talked about earlier, it's just kind of boiling it all down and realizing that I'm loved no matter what. Yeah. That's something I, I live by and that's how I parent my kids and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. Um, so I like to end. So I'll make this the last question just because I want to be respectful of your time as, as well as mine. So, yep. um, well, there will be two questions because at the end, you know, it's a podcast. So we get to say, how yeah. do people support you and all that stuff? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah, let yeah. you answer however yep. you can think about that. But this is actually my favorite question that I ask of everyone. And I started it a few years ago. And then just so you kind of know, Zach, and for anyone that has like a lot of people don't go back and listen to past episodes. If you want to get a good feel for the overall heart of this show, you just go back last year and the year before. The last episode of the season is everyone's answers to this question edited together in a random order that my children helped me pick. And it ends up being like an hour long. I'm not speaking, really, except for at the beginning to say, hey, we did it. Happy New Year. Let's roll. That's about that's about the intro. Um, that's so good. Uh, and so the question is this, but it, it also paints a massively beautiful narrative of contrarian views that somehow all line up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it, it just does because it's not me. Like I literally pick the, the, the order at random. Um, yep. So when you try to like put words around whatever the heck God is, like what is that? Mm. God. God is the. Mm. 
That's a beautiful question. When I think about what God is, God is the reason that I have an understanding of what love is at all. That in the midst of all the different loss that I've experienced in life, what I can't explain is that when I look back on terrible events and I see the things that came out of all that, God is the, is the thing or the who or the what that is giving me the perspective to see that somehow even the pain in my life is not just left as that, but becomes something so much more. And in my case has become a source of beauty mm. and, and new life that I didn't expect. A great example that is like losing my dad. Of course, I don't, wouldn't want my dad to die, but I look at all the things that have come in my life since. And I see God orchestrating that. God is the hands that um, have comforted me, the ears that have listened to me. God is in all that. God is with me when I sit on my porch and listen to the birds and the trees and the wind. <laughs> mm. um, God is present wherever I am. Mm. And that's been true for me. And that's something that no matter how many ways I try to change that or re-explain it, it just always brings me back to that place. Mm. That's yeah, beautiful. That's beautiful. It also sounds, because we're going to do a callback because I'm working on comedy, that also yeah. sounds a lot like the Gospel of Thomas there at the end, you know, break a stick. Yeah, and there I, I mean, that's what I, I actually, I didn't tell you this, but I should have quoted it properly. That was an entire... <laughs> no, that, seriously, that was beautiful. Um, yeah, and so then, uh, Zach, in closing, like, what do you want people to do to to do the things that they should be doing as they listen to music or buying albums or... Whatever, like where would you want people to go in closing if they're like, you know what, I actually do want to listen to some conversations yeah. or some music about these kind of topics. And I'll also say for people that are like, I don't know that I want to listen to songs about doubt, I would remind you that the Bible's like 78% doubt, lament, loss, and how freaking yes. long, Lord. So that's the yeah. bulk of the Bible. So just reset your expectations there. We didn't really yeah. say that in this conversation, but I'm just going to say that right here. So you fit into good company with apparently there's human beings in that thing yeah it's just like it's this. weird it's weird that people get mad Strange. about things and say i thought that you were good this doesn't <laughs> feel good you're such an a-hole why are you doing uh, this yeah right 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 yeah uh to, i mean go listen to our music please listen to our music not even just for the sake of supporting us but i i really i mean not only do we put a lot of time and care into what we make like so many other artists do mm -hmm. Um, we, I really care about people like me that are trying to find a place of belonging and trying to find a place of, uh, camaraderie and connectedness to others who really, I would say are striving to kind of find some sort of middle. Mm -hmm. Um, and our, our music is, I've really tried to do that. And so. Any, I, I would say especially our past, gosh, three records. Um, you write them pretty quickly, so they do come out. I know yeah. it's weird. In Ten years, like gosh, this is our sixth record. <laughs> um, 
can't even believe it. So I, I would say any one of those, if you're, if you're struggling or just wanting like a record that where you're maybe feeling the weight of doubt and trying to find your way through it. I feel like our third record, Amir Dimly is really great for that. If you're really pissed off and angry and frustrated about just politics and just the way that things are conflated with faith and, uh, uh and political things, you should listen to our record fear. Uh, if you're just looking for a record that like is about, uh, worshiping a God that is present with us in our being, then you should listen to our record, The Joy of Being. And if you're just wanting a record that sort of sums up all that, our latest EP, I think, kind of does that too. I agree. So. I agree. I agree. Yeah, perfect. Zach, thanks for your time this morning, man. I appreciate it yes. very much. Thank you so much, Seth. Appreciate it. Now, I haven't added it up, but there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of podcasts on the internet, and I am humbled that you continue to download this one. If this is your first time here, please know that there are transcripts of these shows. Not always in real time, but I do my best. And if you go back in the logs, you can find transcripts for pretty much any episode that you'd like. The show is recorded and edited by me, but it is produced by the patron supporters of the show. That is one of the best, if not the best way that you can support the show. If you get anything at all out of these episodes, if you think on them or if you, you know, you're out and about and you tell your friends about it or, hey, mom, dad, brother, sister, friend, boss, pastor, here's what I heard. What are your thoughts on that? If this is helping you in any way, and it is helping me, consider supporting the show in that manner. It is extremely inexpensive, but collectively, it is so very much helpful. Now, for you... I pray that you are blessed and you know that you're cherished and beloved. We'll talk soon.